This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Bello Solar. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. And it's a great day to be saving energy and especially saving money in the studio with me today. Money. As always, John Noel, my co-host. How's it going, John? Oh, I'm ready to save some money. Yeah, saving money is important. Living a sustainable life using technology. And uh, in the studio today with us, Will Moyers of of Vallis Energy Consulting. Will, welcome back. Hey, good to be here. And Kevin Rowe of Rowe Insulating Company from out in Danielsville, Georgia. Yeah, the big town. Yeah, go dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sick yeah, it's great great to have you guys in the studio. And, John, insulation's a big part of saving money, isn't it? it it's a big part. And I was looking at my insulation in my house. I think I'm all Mr. Sophisticated, and I'm not. I need the services of the gentleman over here. Uh, you couldn't make it to Atlanta anytime soon, could you? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Okay. Okay. You know, he, he's a busy guy, and there's a lot of folks doing insulation. And, Will, you guys are doing a lot of valuation with uh, Jackson EMC, and mm-hmm. you're trying to get out to as many members as possible. I know you did the energy audit in my house and Kevin doing the insulating in my house. And it's just important for folks to to get a checkup. Uh, John, how often uh, do you see – folks that are just spending way too much money and letting oh, it just go out the, it, it out the window the or the ceiling. I, you, and, and, and our guests are going to talk more about this uh, as it is their business. So their, their business is a utility and business as a business. But just in my business, commercial buildings, residential buildings, people are wasting an unbelievable amount of money when they could be saving it on the utility bills and they don't even know it until they get the audit that says, holy moly, I can save 30% of the utilities in my house. And, you know, this... You know, and I know we're talking about Jackson EMC here, but Georgia Power has uh, energy rebates as well. So getting this insulation uh, done is going to lower the bills, guaranteed, isn't it, John? That's, oh, it is, yeah. It's a no-brainer. I mean, yeah, well, that assumes you turn on an air conditioner yeah. or a heater. I mean, you could have a vacant house. That's pretty efficient <laughs> if you don't have any power. Um, but, well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the essence of it. Uh, people... Uh, ladies in the house want to be want to be warm. Men in the house want to be cool, I and mean, that's the nature of it generally. Yeah, yeah, there we go, Kevin. Let me ask you: some of these old older houses around, do you see many of these whole house fans? And do people run those? And 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 do they save money? Oh yes and no. Uh, back before air conditioners, that was a great thing in my opinion. But, yes, uh, yes. Since air conditioners or heat pumps come along, mm-hmm. uh, they're a big waste. Uh, oh yeah. Most of the time that they're not covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I go to them and you know check them out, and if they, they people don't understand when your air conditioner is on or your heat, the returns most times close to the most time close to the uh, whole house fan. Whole house fan. Uh huh. So you're pulling cold air if it's in the winter into the oh no through the, through the fan. Yeah. Oh, wow. louvers. Yeah. Or if it's in the summer, oh, you're pulling gosh, hot I never air. Thought of that. Yes. To yes. the uh, right by the thermostat. So, Will, let me ask you on this R factor. Uh, Define R factor for us first. What is an R factor? Well, the R value is is the uh, resistance to R heat value. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the that that is the the measure of how resistant to heat flow it is. So the higher that value, the better it's going to be an insulator. So if you have a whole house fan like Kevin's talking about, and it's not 
insulated are you losing some r factor oh uh, it's it's huge um if, if and, and it's more than one way just the straight matter of how much uh, heat is passing through those louvers because it's an air leak it's an insulation leak and uh since it's a big metal grill in the ceiling if you hit that thing with an infrared camera it's it's a giant space heater sitting in the ceiling so, Kevin, what do you do to fix that? Uh, how, do you, how do you correct a whole house fan if a person says, well, I'm not really ever going to use this? How would you, how would you uh, mitigate that and keep them from losing all this energy? Well, normally if you have room in the attic, we build a styrofoam box, uh, two-inch thick, R10 is mm-hmm. a code for those, just to make them be air seal. We'll take the belt off. So you're off. putting a hat on it, and you're sealing that hat. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, and the we've talked about this in a previous episode about the door, the attic door. I've got the pull down door made in 2015, but even with that, it needed that tent. Uh, describe that tent to uh, to our audience. Well, they have different types, but uh, attic tents you can get them at Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever. But um, R10 is a code. It's got an insulation inside of a foil on each side of it, mm. and you set that over top of the pull down stairway. Of course, you need to add weather stripping to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, these zipper-type air uh, added tents that you can get also. Uh, we use those a lot of times on truss. When you have truss, you don't have enough room to put an added tent or enough height. And also, we build boxes sometimes, a two-inch thick styrofoam box over the uh, pull-down stairway also. Wow. Will, I know when you all came into my house that you saw these these knee walls uh, mm-hmm. because of the I guess the the way my ceiling was constructed right and that uh, foam board had fallen down and one of the things that you mm-hmm. said is that I had to had to correct that right right so with uh, with knee walls for for folks that aren't exactly familiar with it it's any vertical wall in an attic space it's separating condition space uh, from attic space and uh, those bats of insulation that you normally see in a vertical wall like that when they're exposed to that hot attic heat there's uh, there are little air currents that whip through that insulation and it and it acts like a loose-knit sweater on a windy day so the R value of that bat of insulation is effectively cut in half whenever it's not boarded up and sealed up on the backside like a normal vertical standing wall mm-hmm. uh, so in an attic where you've got um, typically an R18, R19 bat, uh, you're cutting that insulation value in half effectively in the hottest part of the house. You know, we were talking about outside earlier. We were catching up. Kevin has been a part of that Jackson EMC program forever. When I started doing energy audits uh, in the field you know, 10, 15, or 10, 11 years ago, uh, Kevin was one of the first contacts I ran into on insulation. And we were just talking about how far we've come code-wise, where before 2008, we weren't even requiring this. And this Tell is, it. it's been, it's yeah. insane the difference that it makes. But we were talking about how, you know, outside summertime, we might get a high temperature of 95 degrees. Well, that, what'd you say, that attic's about 130 degrees, Kevin? Yeah, 130. So we see 140s and some. Right. So you're talking about cutting your insulation value effectively in half in the most crucial point in that house. It's, wow. it's insane. So correcting that, what did you have to do to correct that knee wall in my house, Kevin? Well, you already had foam board on your knee wall, but it wouldn't attach good. It was laying away from the insulation, so air gets behind that between the foam board and the insulation, so it's not doing any good. On a new home or existing home, there's supposed to be an air seal Mm -hmm. behind the walls uh, to stop the air leak Mm -hmm. like that, but a lot of times people just putting, uh, you know, um, house wrap, 
yeah. uh, foil bubble foil or some type of product plastic behind it, but it's not sealed and it's not doing the correct job that's supposed to be done. Well, Will, you know, as y'all did the audit, you had an A, B, C, and D area. Right. Uh, and Jackson EMC required me to do everything on the A and B category that needed to be done and then eventually to give attention to C and D, but it, it wasn't mandatory. So what di- what did you find? I only had the insulation that I had to deal with on an A area, but you found something on a C area and a D area that you felt that I would eventually need to give attention to. Certainly. On uh, on your, your one C area, and it's high-priority A items down to, to D, uh, your, your C item, uh, we looked at the overall balance on your, your house. Uh, one of the things we want to do is we want to tailor our findings to what the customer is dealing with. So when we came in and introduced ourselves, you said, well, you know, everything, new house, I'm just getting used to it. I've noticed a little bit of a difference from one room to another. So we keyed in on that and we went to do some investigating. And as we ran an airflow analysis room by room to see how much air is coming out of each vent, we saw telltale signs of an imbalance where the room, one room is getting overserved for its size compared to another room that's getting underserved. So one of our long-term recommendations to help you to live more comfortably in the house is to, to get some manual dampers into that duct system and have an, a qualified contractor help you adjust the airflow so that it's trimmed out right and all the rooms raise and lower manual at the same rate. Manual damper. What is a manual damper? I got manual. I got that. I'm right. not. I'm smart. <laughs> damper. Tell me more about dampers. Okay. So uh, a, a manual damper for HVAC is simply a... Uh, it's a louver in Inside, inside the, the duct. duct. Yep. And it's the m- duct is the is the thing that transmits the cool air or the or the hot air from right. the furnace or the air conditioner to my room. Exactly. And uh, in manual dampers, if they're located close to the source uh, of that airflow, the HVAC air handler, the machinery that's up in your attic or in your basement, um, you can effectively change uh, very well the the balance of that airflow. A lot of times we're using uh, we're dampering, so to speak, by changing the grill in the room. Well, yeah, that what's wrong switch. with that? That's how I've always done it. Yeah, it'll help cut some air out of a room. Right. But you're talking about trying to back pressure. 30 foot of duct oh, right. before so, it yeah, gets to the room. run all the way to get there. What you're saying is intercept it right. by the furnace and then you then we're not fighting this. Exactly, oh. cuz you you think about that machine that's up there, it's a fan. Right. The more resistance you put on it, the less right. efficiently it's going to operate. So you want to you want to maximize the efficiency of the equipment yes, while getting the the comfort that you're looking for out of that duct system. And my co-host is acting like he's surprised, but he's actually an energy <laughs> expert himself. Well, so, uh, I mean, but but listen, the the, the 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 average as the old expression is, the average man on the street, the average woman or man on the street doesn't know what a damper is, doesn't know all these other so I want to know, and 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 you're a very generous guest to explain it to us. Uh, what I, but what I think is also important is people understand that there have that they have the option to check the volume. That's how did you check the volume? Now this one, Mr. Smarty Pants here, did not know. You're telling me you put a tester on every room in his house and you knew the volume in his house. Explain that one. All right. So uh, what we use is the technology in called 30 seconds. airflow hoods. Or 20. And as air passes through this gauge, we can count how many cubic feet of air per so minute. You stick a gauge on each one. Mm-hmm. you got 20 gauges, 10 gauges, whatever it is. One gauge, one, one by gauge. one. One by one, you do yep. it. Okay. Add them, right add them all up. Okay. Develop a chart. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I, I, w- I actually want to keep this conversation going here. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to hold these guys over for another segment. So you hang on. And we're gonna we're gonna help you figure out how to make your house more comfortable. Stick around. I'm Tim Eccles.
The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. John, one of our sponsors for the show, Row Insulating Company, is doing a great job in and around Athens, being able to do a lot of what we talk about every single week on the show. You get, every time it gets cold, every time it gets hot, it's always a, it's always that attic that's the problem. And uh, you could tack windows, and that's going to cost you a cold fortune. It is insulation that can solve the problem. Hey, if you want to get this fixed, call 706-795-2854. That's 706-795-2854. Row Insulating Company. Rope. Support for Energy Matters is provided by Velo Solar. Founded in 2007 by Mark Bell and Chuck Clark, over the years Velo has designed, engineered, and built medium to large scale solar projects all over the country. Velo has also engineered and designed a monitoring software portfolio called Power Info. Power Info smart grid software has the ability to measure everything in your building that either produces power or pulls energy. Solar, lighting, HVAC, air, water, even steam, allowing our customers, they say, to increase their energy efficiency. For more info, go to velosolar.com. So we were talking just off mic a moment ago about the new energy codes, and this is something when I was in the legislature, I was fighting hard for for more efficient state buildings and all these kinds of things that just seem so distant. And here we are a decade plus later, and you're telling me there's going to be a new energy code and new uh, improvements to air sealing, which is where all the stupid you know, <laughs> waste is. It's right. like, duh, why aren't we doing this? Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, in fact, uh, we were talking off mic. It was one of Kevin's earlier comments where he was talking about uh, one of the, the missed opportunities that a lot of insulators make uh, miss is that you have to air seal that attic floor where your drywall, your ceiling is. If you're looking in the house, looking up, you see the drywall ceiling. There are some air sealing opportunities with wiring penetrations and top plates and stuff like that that are missed. And we see this as being one of the big linchpin uh, moments for adopting and actually uh, implementing this next code change. And for those that aren't, aren't familiar with the code change, we're going from a target of seven air changes uh, per hour at 50 pascals of pressure. That's the, the nerdy, nerdy uh, measure. Oh, yeah, sorry, what? 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a target of seven down to a target of five. That's that, a big deal. It's a big deal. I know percentages. Yes. And that's like a whole big percentage. It's a whole big percentage. Okay. Yes. So yeah, we're, we're looking at changing the way that we look at new construction and, and certifying houses as code compliance mm. by fundamentally shifting that landscape with air sealing. And Kevin pointed out aptly that that's one of the last things that we have got to tackle in new construction with these builders looking at the top of those interior wall assemblies. Give us, give us the greatest example of this. I think I know where this is going to be, yeah. and it's going to be can lights. But That's is that one. about right? I mean... It is. It's related. Actually, now, Tim's of, got can lights, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, in his house, and I think I saw them in your energy audit that you pointed that out, right? Yeah. Air, uh, can lights going through a, uh, a ceiling is one area, but... That's the one that everybody sees. Uh. There's one hidden area that you don't think about. If you think about an interior wall, uh, you have drywall on either side. And as you go up to the ceiling where it turns the corner at the top of that wall, you have a top plate on that wall. 
drywall butts up against one side, drywall butts up against the other side. But on nothing the, on the interior. On the interior where that wood meets the drywall on the back side, there is this hairline crack. Oh. Doesn't seem that big. But, but they're all over the house. All over the house. So if you take the linear foot or linear measurement of every interior wall, multiply it by two. Right. You end up with almost a mile of interior wall cavity. And it's only a hairline gap. But a that mile. adds up. It's huge. Oh, save it. Yeah. So Depends folks, on the house. Folks, We've seen them. But I like you. Exactly. John, our yes. audience, they're sitting there. Yeah. They're, they're sipping their coffee. They're like, They're what? trying to wake up. And... And We're talking about Pascal's. And this, yeah. and, and this is why you need to hire a professional That's true. to come That's out true. to your house, especially if you have an older house. You know, John, I get a lot of calls from people, especially in the summertime, about mm. high energy bills. Oh. And one of the things that I most frequently say is, look, let me get you with the power company and get you a free energy audit. Um, and, and so you can begin to see some of the areas that you need to invest in. Right. And frankly, John, when I moved into my house recently, we downsized, you know, that getting an energy audit was the, you know, the top priority once I got moved in. Before right. I'd even touched up any paint, right. I had Will come out. That was smart. And then, yeah. uh, and, and then Kevin came out to evaluate, okay. Is there anything else that we're going to need to do while we're up there to make sure that this thing is set up? So, Will, let's just tell our audience again basically what you found with my insulation and what I need to do. So your biggest priority with insulation is getting the overall value up. You've got a few small spots with the knee walls and, and the like that need overall to be adjusted. Overall value, what value? The, so the, this is the R yeah, value? The R value for the attic. How, how much of that heat? Which, hold on, I'm going back. That's resistance against heat. Heat flow, that's right. Okay, okay, okay. So the higher the number, the better. The higher the okay. number, the All better. Right, so, uh, and, and Kevin was pointing out earlier, your, your attic hatch, having that one spot of low insulation taint changes the average for the entire attic. Uh, so you want to like, take a look at those low spots, but overall, let's get the uh, the average level of insulation for that attic up so that your that 130, 140 degree heat that you've got in your attic stays in the attic that's and it doesn't come down. Stuff. So. Okay. Kevin, tell tell our audience how intrusive is this process? You're going to bring a truck out there, right, to their home. You you've got a hose that's coming in. You're going to crawl up in the attic. Can the family be there? Do they have to leave? Uh, is, is it is it noisy? What's it like adding insulation to an attic? It ain't pretty. Yeah, well, you just have to. We put poly down on the floor to protect the floors. We have to pull a hose in the house you know, to go up to the attic, wherever the attic hatch is or pull down is. Um, you know, we, you go have a machine that's got a motor on it that's running in on the outside. We in and out of the house some. Uh, you're going to hear us hopefully keep our feet on the floor, Joyce, not coming through the ceiling. And, um, but, you know, it just depends on what all we have to do to how long it takes. Do insulation crews ever fall through ceilings? Does that happen? Uh, yes. Yeah, huh? but we don't like to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we just have to fix it. But that's is that... What, what happens on something like that if if, if there's a, if there's damage done by the crew is that something that the contractor liability for, or is there yeah. is there the contractor liable for that uh, we're, we're liable yeah. yeah yeah and so you got to take care of that fix it as if it were you know brand new I guess so, so some, some people talk about the need and, and, and this is something I'm gonna have to do in my house too why the subject is is close to me I started spray foam didn't finish it. Which is insane. Okay, yeah. yeah. So half of my house, half of my roof deck is spray foam. Go figure. <laughs> but I have old wool bats from like 1935. So when I do a proper job, I'm going to need to rip those out. I want them out before right. you blow in. That's right. 
So that's a whole other project, right? I mean, you coming in and extracting those, that is no fun, whether it's Pink Panther or it's a 1935 wool bat. Pretty good job. Yep. Yeah. Kind of hard and... Of and messy, a little yep. messy. Messy. Let me. Yeah. Add, I, I want to, Kevin. What's the What's the most difficult job that you've had in the Athens area, uh, and what was it like? Oh, I, I don't remember. We've had so many bad ones. Uh, most time it's real <laughs> low area we have to <laughs> yeah. work in. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like a crawl space. Yeah, crawl space is it. And it, is it even worse in the summertime? Uh, it's just burning up yes, up there. Yes, it, it is a lot hotter. Uh, yeah. You know, when it's a lot hotter, it's rougher on us. Uh, can't stay so hard long and at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, we have to worry about snakes. Uh, had a guy get snake bit. In the attic? Year. No, in the crawl space. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You get stung by walls, a lot of walls in the attic, stuff like that. You just don't think about it. you got to have tough employees. The guy in Atlanta does this. Said He had a, he has a guy they call him Octopus because he can get into <laughs> any hole. <Yeah. laughs> Seriously, is it that small? The guy's name is Octopus. <laughs> oh. Every good time. insulation company has one. Yeah. Everybody's yep. got an octopus. <laughs> you know, we, we talk about the difficulty of finding craft labor at, at our power plants and things. Is it difficult to find installers uh, working with insulation companies? Are you hiring? Maybe that's the other Very way. Very hard. Yeah. Because uh, it's a hard job. We do, you know, it's hard work and it's hot or cold and it's low and it's painful on the knees and back. And it's just hard to find people that want to do that type of work. And, uh, but that's just over the overall industry. Yeah, construction people, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, people don't mm-hmm. want to work that hard. Yeah. Well, as you guys go out and you do this evaluation a lot, do you find that you, do you find that consumers like me, as I watch you guys do the the blower test, and do, do you find that they take action, they do something, they're pleased with with the changes? Yes. Um, the the for the most part, as long as we don't go over people's heads. And we, we try to identify where that customer is at, and we speak to what their problems are. Uh, and we are addressing that problem. They'll take action. Uh, if we get way too nerdy and we get off into technology that they're not ready for. Pascal land. Yeah, Pascal land. So mm-hmm. uh, somebody that, that isn't familiar with the um, – I'm nerding out here. The, yeah, this no, is home. This is nerdathon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. But when we're dealing with customers, as long as we can keep it on a basic fundamental level and then rely on good contractors coming behind us to quote the right jobs, right. we can stay high-level – keep the customer engaged, help them make the right choices as far as which uh, goals to tackle, and then we get a tremendous result as far as what they go after, and the, the bills come down, comfort goes up, everybody's happy. Kevin, Jackson EMC has you on their list, right? And yes. so is it is it tough making that list? Do they come behind you and check, and, and what, kind of, what kind of accountability is there from a utility like Jackson EMC? Yeah, they check our, you know, behind our work, uh, I wished all work was checked in the state. Right yeah. now, you're able to test your own work, do a blower door, and I, I don't agree with that. You can't. Trying. You can do that. You can test it yes. yourself. Oh and, yeah. You know, if you want to, <laughs> you can make any job you do pass if you wanted to, and I yeah. don't agree with that. But I'm just a little, you know, country boy. Can't. I didn't even know you could do that. You know, as you think about a homeowner out there, maybe buying a new home, right? Uh, what advice would you have for a new homeowner? Uh, their their uh, maybe they're just going with an agent and they're looking at the house. Uh, Kevin, what would you say to that homeowner, that husband and wife, or a couple walking through that house trying to determine, is this an energy-efficient house? You're talking about a new home? Yeah, brand-new home. Uh, well, you could tell them you want to see the uh, report, the blower door hmm. uh, test, the duct blaster test, uh, what kind of insulation is in your home, what's the R value that you have in the attic. Uh, things like that to 
just to help you know and sort of tell what your bill maybe you know between what you put your thermostat on to yeah, and I, or how chintzy and cheap the uh, construction uh, was, and and you know using using code uh, uh, R value stuff versus you know some of the more fancier and higher R value stuff. Well, to our audience, I hope we geeked you out completely today. Uh, but but more importantly, we we hope that you'll order an in- energy audit and that you'll do something about that. Will uh, just a big thank you to to Vallis and the work that you guys are doing. Thanks for being here today. Appreciate the time. And Kevin, uh, and you know, you you guys are the ones out there sweating uh, and and doing all this work and helping us save money. So we really appreciate uh, the great job that you're doing, and thanks for the great job that you did for me. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, John, uh, this is important, and folks need to to take take it seriously, and uh, they can save save a lot of money. So stick around. We've got more conversation on energy and why it matters coming up. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. And we're back on Energy Matters. I'm Tim Eccles, my co-host, John Noel. John, how's it going? Yes, sir. Mighty fine. Let's take a turn. I want to talk about something that we have a whole bunch of in Georgia. Mm. Trees. Sure do. Forestry. Mm-hmm. And to me, one of the most sustainable industries that we have in the studio. Bunch of UGA grads here today. You know, I'm a triple dog. Uh, I've got Matt Hestead, he graduated from the UGA College of Ag, went down to Piedmont Academy down in Monticello, Georgia. Welcome, Matt. Glad to be here. Yeah, and we are proud of uh, Georgia trees and our forest, and uh, and we've got a guy that uses some of those as he advises companies about sustainability practices. Rex Hamry, a Terry College grad from UGA. Rex, you're the uh, Southeast Sustainability Director for JLL. What is JLL? JLL, thanks for having me, Tim. JLL's is uh, Jones Lang LaSalle. We're a commercial real estate services firm. Big so, guys. They yep, do big uh, stuff. Over 80,000 employees worldwide, and we provide uh, comprehensive commercial real estate services to all different forms of asset classes. So anything around buildings, operation, construction, sustainability, we provide those services and to companies. You've, you've been called on to help make buildings more sustainable. What are some of the recognizable properties that you've worked on? Oh, that's a great question. So, um, for example, uh, just um, finished up the first phase of NCR's world headquarters. A lot of people see that driving up and down the Atlanta connector there. 800,000 square foot project when it's all finished. Yep, That's that that black glass building almost hanging out over the connector. That's right. Kind of near the varsity if you're 
if you love that landmark like I do. What else? Yeah, absolutely. And also uh, Mercedes-Benz, new North American headquarters. They're at Perimeter. We also manage sustainability services for for that uh, new North American headquarters project. Also very neat you know, um, new construction project. And then, of course, uh, SunTrust Park for on behalf of the Atlanta Braves. Wow. These program. are big properties, big buildings. Absolutely. We, we, you know, we work on, there's lots of 10,000 square foot projects that we're lucky enough to work on, but also there's, uh, we specialize as well in, you know, million square foot projects and are comfortable in that space as well. Wow. Well, John, let's dive into this because, because this area of forestry, it has this intersection with me at the Public Service Commission because of biomass energy. So, Matt, let me ask you, what, when, you, when we say the word biomass, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah, so uh, broadly speaking, uh, biomass uh, energy is a renewable source that comes from an organic uh, material. So uh, that can actually be uh, plant materials uh, like animal new manure uh, uh, crops uh, like corn. You guys have heard about uh, corn and then uh, wood. And uh, these energy sort these uh, organic materials release uh, energy in the form uh, of chemical energy when they're burned. So uh, when you think about uh, woody biomass, uh, that's kind of broadly defined as uh, the trees uh, and woody plants, including limbs, tops. Um, so those are those are going to be the limbs that come out uh, from the top of the tree. And uh, the needles, the leaves, and the other woody uh, parts of the tree, uh, kind of but not what the leaves. You, what you would consider the extra yeah. uh, part of the tree. So. Yeah. So let's think about let's think about our pine plantations. Uh, yeah. Right. We see those all all over the state. And I know that at the commission, even back before I got there, our commission approved a certain amount of biomass energy from woody biomass, and. We had a difficult time filling that quota uh, that we had assigned it because it's pretty expensive to create an energy plant around this. Why is it so expensive to to use woody biomass for energy? Yeah, so right now the cost of building a, a plant that uh, produces biomass energy is very high. And uh, not only that, but the, the, the actual cost for energy uh, needs to justify uh, the high cost of coming out there and chipping the woody biomass and hauling it to the facility. And, and right now, our, our energy prices just aren't that high. John, utility uh, scale yep. solar, utility natural scales, gas, exactly. coal, all of that's this, cheaper than biomass. This is the competition. Your competition is cheap, 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 and that's the problem. But it's unfortunate because we've got 22 million acres of trees, and it's too bad that we can't use this residue, this extra forest, uh, I guess, residue. What would you call it, Matt, the, the stuff that's left there? It's just the extra, the extra harvest material that comes, you know, when you come on site and you're harvesting for lumber or uh, one of the other 5,000 products that Georgia provides, it's the extra part of that tree. So, so to think about pellets, I know I've been to Waycross and I've seen them making pellets, exporting them to Germany and England. What, what's the composition of those pellets? So it's going to be predominantly pine um, and they will actually use a small diameter tree uh, for those wood pellets because it, it gives you a really clean burning uh, wood pellet uh, that provides you with a lot of energy. So, uh, and they're actually exporting those to, to Europe in order to meet uh, their renewable energy uh, standards. Which uh, is in the Kyoto Protocol. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the way that we manage forests in the South 
when after you plant, you wait until a tree is about 10 to 15 years old, and then you're given a, an opportunity to thin that forest. You really need to thin that forest at that stage, uh, mm. just like you would your garden. Um, you know, when you plant crops in a row, it gets to a certain level where you gotta you gotta reduce the amount of plants per uh, per row. So. Uh, in that stage, you really have two different ways that you can go. You can sell your wood uh, for pulp and paper, or now... Which is a pretty depressed market, or has been for a long time, or has it come back? Well, uh, right now we're seeing uh, with the cardboard market kind of picking up with e-commerce and stuff like that. It's mm. picking up where newsprint uh, kind of falling off. off. So. Yeah, let's, uh, let's take a, an ideal scenario. Let's say we're down near... Albany, Georgia, or another place where we've got a, a biomass boiler that can use right. that can lose, use wood chips. So as they're harvesting a pine plantation for pulp or uh, for paper, mm-hmm. uh, and there's limbs and there's tops of trees. I mean, ideally, after that logging crew comes in there, you've got a chipping crew that then comes behind it, and they pretty much take everything, don't they? That's exactly right. Yeah. There and and that's because uh, you're you're given the opportunity to sell that material uh, and and that's that's kind of the big success story about biomass is otherwise that material would just be piled up and burned on the property. Ugh. So John, you have yeah. no no use John, for that. John, yeah. p- put your environmental hat on. Oh, which, my which environmental stays hat on? is already it's on. on. It's no, like you got so many like hats, one of those rubber hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nano, so, nano. So, okay, so so think about this, John. Would you rather have? Uh, would you rather have a chipping crew come in, chip everything up, and take it and use it for energy? Mm-hmm. Uh, or would you rather leave it in the field, have it piled up and kerosene and diesel poured on it, and burn right there in the field? I, I mean, as an environmentalist, yeah. Yeah. what would be your choice? It, given those two options, and, and, and I would submit there could be a third or fourth option, but given those two options, uh, I, I would like to see that uh, remediated properly and turned into energy or or uh, uh, composted in some particular way. Okay, what about just leaving stuff laying laying out in the field and not burning it and just having it turn to methane? How do you feel like about well, that? Well, it also could be construed as being fertilizer for the next bunch of trees. I yeah, mean, that's, that's the true. other way to look at it. You know? Well, and there's there's also a forest health risk when you leave material on the ground like that. What is forest health risk? So, a so, PR guy saying forest health risk yeah. sounds like a code word for yeah. In this case, it's wildfire. So okay, uh, when you're uh, when you're building a fire, what do you start with, Tim? Yeah, little, little sticks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, those those so little that's sticks. your kindling, and then next thing that's you right. know, your forest is up, and that forest is yeah. Okay, I see. it could be, yeah, could yeah. be, and um, not uh, that, in the best case scenario, it just gets absorbed back into the ground. But you know, John, not hmm. that we have that many California listeners. <laughs> but but I, I want you I want you to and we about. know you don't care how good how they do it in California. You know, I, I'm, I'm, let's think let's think about this. Yes, in California, mm. when you have a fire like the campfire, oh yeah, that there's enough CO2 emitted. Yeah, during that wildfire, I am told by experts mm. in one week mm. to undo all the savings that they make on their solar and their electric cars. I mean, it seems to me that. That getting a handle mm. on this forestry issue is something that that a state like California simply has to do. Uh, I mean, what what do you think is keeping them from doing something like that? 
Have you, have, have you uh, looked at that? Is, I, it, is it the environmental movement? I, I think, I think I, I, in that particular instance, I think it has to do a lot more with heavier particulate matter that will be coming down to Earth faster than some of the other stuff that we'll be putting up in the sky. And So I, I, I'm not a scientist on it, but I would be interested to hear that. Um, I, I, my guess is that uh, we ought to be doing the right things that we're doing, and we ought to be mitigating the – if we're going to continue to do wood farming or do uh, have, have – uh, forestry we need to be able to capture the uh the the remnants and turn them into energy that doesn't sound unrealistic to yeah me. matt i mean have you guys looked at what's happening in california i mean how do you objectively describe what's gone on there yeah i mean i think first of all you just have to recognize i mean what a devastating thing for those residents um and it's it's a difficult thing to talk about when you live on the on the east coast because you know we don't we don't know exactly what what they've done and well, our what president sure doesn't know he thinks it should have been raking that would have solved yeah. the problem there we just need to do well, more and, raking and, and what what it boils down to is in california the majority of your forest land is going to be owned by uh, the government uh, it's kind of inverse of what it is here in georgia so uh, Georgia actually leads uh, the nation in the in uh, the pure quantity of privately owned, commercially available forests, about 22 million acres. And uh, uh, here in Georgia, 22 yeah, million yeah, acres in Georgia. Okay. And it's the inverse in California. You got the majority of the land, the forest land in California, is going to be owned by the state the, and federal, the federal yes. government. So, what they have done, and I think probably an effort to do what they think is the right thing. They've put regulations in place on uh, logging practices and forest management practices. Let's keep the conversation going. Let's let's keep these guys over another segment, John. Yeah, I mean, this I'd, is I'd important. like that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, because there are other issues at play here. Climate change being one of them. It isn't just forest management. It, it's a whole uh, world's getting higher. Things are getting more on fire. And forestry is a great, sustainable industry in our state. Stick around. We're going to talk more with Matt and Rex when we get back. You've heard about Jim Cars on Energy Matters. Made by Polaris in Anaheim, California. These street-legal, small electric vehicles go where golf carts are not allowed. Equipped with seatbelts, headlights, optional doors, and a tag, Gem Cars and Trucks are perfect for shuttles, corporate, or college campus use. In fact, Georgia Tech has over 100 of them. The new generation Gems have many options when selecting the battery type, onboard chargers, and enclosures to suit the climate. Go to GemCarService.com to find out more. That's G-E-M-CarService.com. Hey, it's Commissioner Tim Eccles, host of Energy Matters. I want to tell you about Kevin Rowe and Rowe Insulating Company. If you need insulation anywhere within 60 miles of Athens, Georgia, you need to call 706-795-2854. It's important, isn't it, John? It is the most important thing you can do in your house. It's the low-hanging fruit of everything that we talk about on Energy Matters every single week. That's exactly right. Yeah, call 706-795-2854. That's 706-795-2854. Rowe Insulating Company. Get comfortable. Welcome back to Energy Matters. Support for Energy Matters comes from Arnold, Golden, and Gregory. AGG takes a business sensibility approach when advising clients. AGG provides industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG's transaction, litigation, regulatory, privacy counselors serve clients in healthcare, real estate, litigation, business transactions, fintech, global commerce, government investigations, which you don't want to get involved in, and logistics and transportation. AGG subscribes to the belief 
Not if, but how. We appreciate their weekly support of Energy Matters, Tim. And, John, I hate to say it, but you're the only non-bulldog sitting in this room. We've got, <laughs> we've got me, the triple I've been dog. outed. Uh, and, you know, English major, <clears throat> nonprofit organizations, and, and uh, another master's in PR. we got Rex Hamry here. Rex, what were you? You were Terry College, right? That's right. Real estate program. Yeah. How was that? Good experience? It's one of the best in the country. Yeah. It is. You know, the only time I ever went in that Terry building was for economics, and I did poorly. And part of it, I think I was playing ping pong across the street over at the Baptist Student Union. I was really into ping pong at the time, and I skipped a lot of classes. Uh Probably not beer there though. Yeah, there was no beer. Yeah, I'm you, you can't sure. even you can't even take a bottle of where beer. Where I went, it was ping pong and beer, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Not. And also in studio with us, Matt Hested. Um, Matt, you were an Ag South Campus guy, right? That's right. Yeah. Did you grow up on a farm or anything? How, why did, did you pick Ag? I did. My dad was a rancher and a horse trainer, so I grew up on the equine and cattle side wow. of the business and. Uh, uh, got into agriculture because it was a way of life for us uh, with my family. So yeah, and John, cool. even though you're not a bulldog, you did grow up on a farm, though. You guys sure did. Learned all rode your, horses. Yeah, uh, yeah, you learned everything you know about sustainability right there. That's basically true uh, at the farm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you were a history major. Where did you go to college, John? Lake Forest College, a little old little L liberal arts college up uh, a little north of Chicago. Got out of Dodge. Yeah. Well, good it's to, cold. Good to have you in the South. Well, guys, we're good talking about forestry. Uh, we're talking about biomass. Let me go to Rex before we talk about the economic impact of forestry. Rex, you are advising companies on sustainability, and how often does wood or using a, a forest product come up? Do you have clients that say, hey, we, we want things to look natural. We want to use wood on our floor, on our wall. Uh, how often does that come up? It comes up very regularly, actually. So, you know, first of all, wood is a you know um, constru- a structural construction product in a lot of our in a lot of our different projects. So, you have the option first when you're doing the initial design of you know is wood a viable option for for constructability, maybe in, instead of steel or instead of concrete, and that's exciting because of course things we talked about already, the uh, carbon footprint of wood. Is uh, is much better than than something like concrete or steel construction. That's a good and point. So, I think people forget, you know. So in a given wall, wood, concrete, or steel, no question, wood is the more environmentally friendly way to construct that wall. I mean, hey, yeah. wood doesn't wood absorb CO two? That's right. Yeah. Any of you scientists know anything about that, John? <laughs> you, 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 do you what? what? Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking about Pascal's again or CO two? What? Yeah, Rex. Uh, why Bail us out, Rex. Why do companies why do companies like to use wood? So, you know, the inherent carbon neutrality of wood mm-hmm. is is really attractive. We also have, you know, the the capability of sourcing it locally, depending on the type of wood product. And of course it's you know, it's also inherently renewable. So and um and and quickly renewable. So we have that advantage when we're when we're talking about wood construction or using wood products. Expanding out beyond that. You know, uh, wood, as you said, has, is that natural element. So biophilic design, using a Whoa. term that's new for a lot of Whoa. people, is something that's becoming increasingly important. Bio what? Biophilic, biophilic design Philic. and the design. Uh, theory of biophilia. So that's the idea that people have a natural tendency to want to experience the outdoors and nature. And so incorporating that into your buildings and your built environment 
that's a way for for people to you actually see productivity gains, happiness gains uh, within within buildings by incorporating biophilia. So wood had in, in and it's working not within the design. Okay, it, is, it, <laughs> it sounded illegal. a little sketchy there for a minute, but I got you. This has nothing yeah. to do with marijuana. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I got excited. So and, give me an example of a biophilia. Uh, a design that was incorporated, say, at that, that, that new NCR building you worked on downtown? Yeah, that's a great question. So the simplest first is, of course, you know, having actual plants within the facility. And so, but then it goes much further beyond that. So you can actually use other elements such as, you know, wood for art- artistic um, construction with within the natural, the natural yep exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then also um, elements that look like like nat- say for example a, a type of a type of plant but are actually constructed out of out of metal and you have multiple multiple uses there for for that so those are a couple of the examples where elements that have the same feel as as nature but don't necessarily have to be you know living plants so I was down recently, Matt, at Beasley Forest Products in Hazelhurst, Georgia, in Jeff Davis County, and he has all these different companies that supply various types of wood wood products. Do you see a lot of builders asking for Georgia-grown wood products, or do you see Georgia Forestry Association marketing or helping to market uh, our our wood products, I guess, for floors or other things? What's, what's some of the most popular things you see? One of the g- biggest things that we're working on right now is an uh, innovative product called Mass Timber. Um, and uh, there's a few different uh, uh, ways that that can be used, but uh, cross-laminated timber is uh, the primary use, and it's dimensional wood that's stacked up one direction, and then the next layer is stacked up the other direction. Structural stability. That's Prior. right. That's right. And so mm-hmm. it's it's essentially like a big piece of plywood uh, that's made out of two by fours. Mm-hmm. And when you uh, when you construct these big uh, uh, mass timber panels, uh, it unlocks the potential to build tall wood buildings out of wood ah. uh, instead of. Uh, steel and concrete as we were talking about yeah. and there's a lot of benefits with that from an environmental and economic perspective. and a lot of benefits to the wood industry because you use more wood yeah and let's That's talk right. about that let's talk yeah. about this economic impact of the of of the industry i mean how many jobs do we have in the forest industry and is, is it growing is it is it decreasing what do you what are you seeing in terms of economic impact and jobs yeah, so Georgia Tech and the Georgia Forestry Commission release a study uh, uh, annually on the economic impact of forests in the state, and we have about 147,000 uh, jobs directly. 147,000. 147,000 okay. jobs. Directly. That's a lot. Okay. And uh, it's the the um, uh, that's grown from about 144,000 uh, in the previous year. So we have seen an increase. Over time, it's about a $35.9 billion uh, industry, uh, and there's a lot of benefits that come from the forest just being there. $4.6 billion in outdoor uh, recreation uh, activity, uh, $970 million in state tax revenues generated from the industry as well. So uh, a, a great industry to be a part of. John, we talked a little bit about biomass, and I know that this is it's been a hot button for me wanting to do more biomass power generation because of this residue that we talked about in the last segment, the treetops, the limbs, the pine cones that are left there because there simply is not uh, 
any kind of value proposition to pick those things up and haul them very far. You have to have a boiler, a plant, within a certain number of miles, about 40 or 50, to make it worthwhile. Because the longer you have to haul that stuff, the more expensive it is. And diesel. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we've, at the commission, we've tried to, uh, as best we can, to allocate some megawatts for biomass but it's been a little bit controversial frankly the dogwood alliance out of Asheville, good people the sierra sierra club they have banged down my door about this Mm. uh, because uh, because they just feel like it's not the best use of the wood Mm. Uh, and they really are against it and even though the Kyoto Protocol may allow great britain and other european countries to count it as zero co2 Right. right, that technically it's really not zero, uh, and that we're playing funny math, um, yeah. Matt. And and I just want to make one point clear. I mean, there's there's really three different products that are coming from biomass. So you have a uh, uh, wood pellets that are being exported overseas. That accounts for about 0.08 percent of the overall harvest volume in the South. Wow, one percent. Yeah, and so a lot of the heartache that people are having about, you know, us cutting down all of our forests and exporting them across uh, uh, the big pond is just not true. It's a very, very fractional percent of 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 what we what we harvest and produce. Um, All right, let's grant that. What's the next point? Yeah, so you have wood pellets that are being exported. Uh, Then there are products that we use here domestically so and those those come in two formats one uh wood uh chips that come from logging residues that's what we've talked about uh to uh, you know up until this point the extra part of the tree and then there's actually a product that comes from mill residues so a sawmill produces extra you know pieces from lumber that don't make it to the final product and we're using that uh, that mill residue to produce energy on site uh, at paper mills I think I've and seen other mills. Paper mills. So, so after Rex is done using the the product, the, the, the raw product in his sustainably built uh, construction projects, you guys are taking the residue, the the fling, the fling off, the the That's sawdust, right. to then burn a boiler or turn a boiler uh and and create heat for what process to to dry out the wood or something well no it's uh well yeah it, it creates energy on site at the mill and then in some cases you so have sticking it to the man a little bit on that energy production on site there you go and and in some cases well, we're there. putting power back on the grid uh, and that's that's with our 14 pulp and paper uh, manufacturers across the state uh, in a lot of cases they're doing that which is good for our local communities well john i you know we've run out of time on this topic but uh clearly forestry's critical industry in georgia and it's something that i want us to continue to to push and, and with my time on the commission thanks so much for being a part of this segment matt thanks for your work and rex uh thank you for being a part of our show as well Thank you for having me. I'm Tim Eccles, and energy does matter. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different 
at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you.